clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. It's Liza with the Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snuds. Let me hear you say, hey, Miss Carter. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Snap out of it. I told you you're allowed to rain on my parade. There can be a hundred people in the room. Liza! I'm Robbie Latour. And I'm Tequila Mockingbird. Welcome to Divas on Divas. The podcast where we make our diva obsession your problem. Oh, Tequila, it's a very exciting episode today. We're doing things a little bit differently. We're bringing in our very first special guest co-diva. And emphasis on the special on this one, (laughs) because she really is just the most special of all the queens that we're going to have on the... And I'm going to say this for every single one of them that we have as well, because they won't be here when each other is recording. You have have an innate ability to make a compliment sound like an insult. Perfect. I wouldn't be doing my job otherwise. We are talking, of course, about fabulous Melbourne drag royalty, Lisa Mann. How are you going, Lisa? Thank you for joining us. Hi, boys. I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for coming in. It's just good to bring some class and some authority to this podcast. Some ass, yeah, yeah. Quite a big ass. Neither. How dare you? If I knew I was going to come here and be insulted, I would have brought more wine. <laughs> Speaking of wine, we do happen to be recording on a Sunday, and it is, in fact, law that if you are seeing Lisa Mann and drinking on a Sunday, you must provide mimosas. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of demands that we needed to meet to have Lisa Mann here on the show today, not only was it mimosas, but she did send a very specific rider for us today. And the podcast today is not only sponsored by alcohol, but also by Nexium Heartburn Medications. Thank you very much. I am an old woman, and I do have the heartburns and the refluxes, I believe they call it. It's not a remix, it's the reflux. And look, while we're on air, I will take one in solidarity with both of you. Thank oh, you. thank you. Actually, can you pass me one? We're, we're not really looking for any Johnny Come Lately. Thank yeah. you. You're not, not looking to make new friends. You're not invited to the heartburn I do, quite often, but he, yet here I am two years later, two, three years later with you. So We have a very exciting episode today. There is no way that we could have recorded this episode without Lisa Mann. It is one of the most special memories that we have. It's one of the only memories I have. <laughs> Not just with the, the two of you, but just, just in general. In general. Yeah, no, perfect. I no longer know math, but I do know this. And like most memories that you have with us, you're asleep for half of it. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. We are, of course, talking about our trip back from the Broken Heel Festival last year, where it was a nine and a half hour drive from Broken Heel back to Melbourne. And I said to the girls just before we took off, do you know what I've got that will fill this entire car ride? I have Patty Lapone's audio book. <laughs> Patty Lapone, a memoir. And that's all we needed to hear. We signed up, yeah, we did it. And it was strangely the exact amount of time that we needed it to be. It was so bizarre. I believe the epilogue kind of finished as we were rolling up to your house. Correct, you did. Pulling into the car park. It <laughs> yes. was literally the end of the the end of the book. Yes. I remember none of it, but I have done some research since, so I have got some <laughs> sort of grounds to talk about, Patty. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right, let's ask Shirley Bassey to step in and take us on in. Born Patty Ann Lapone on April 21, 1949, making her 71 years old. 
She was born in Northport, Long Island, New York. She performed as a child with her twin brothers, William, and the now-established actor, Robert Lapone, as the Lapone Trio, which sounds super cute to me. Really I'm obsessed cute. with that. <laughs> <laughs> she was also into tap, apparently, four years old. That was her first sort of thing on the stage was tap dancing. <laughs> At 23, she graduated in the first ever graduating class of Juilliard's drama division. She was nominated for her first Tony just three years later. Imagine, three years out of Juilliard, and she's straight into her first nominate, like Mate, totally straight out the gates. Good on her. She it was only four years after that in 1979 that she had landed her career-defining role of Evita. So things happened pretty quickly for her. And as someone that fell into a real Patty Lapone wormhole last night on the eve of this podcast, watching her performance from the Tony Awards of her playing Evita, <gasps> she was so young and mm. so vibrant, and she had all of this talent and I was like oh my yes watch out Radio City Music Hall she is attributed to appearing in over 57 major theatre productions and 17 motion pictures with a healthy list of television roles and guest appearances mate there is hardly a television show she hasn't guested on well not one that's been run by Brian Murphy at least (laughs) the list is absolutely No, he does have his favourites. You're quite right. Yeah. Uh, of her many theatre accolades are, of course, the title role in Evita, Gypsy, Les Mis, and Anything Goes. And not to mention, of course, Sunset Boulevard. <gasps> the controversy oh, surrounding her role in the London production of that. Hey, 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 guys. Oh, did I mention Glenn Close never, ever called me? <laughs> not one. That Not even one. That was worth it for Lisa Mann's face alone. You knew that was in there the whole time, didn't you? Ah. I meant to play it earlier, actually. This is this is a line. No, I think it was perfect. I love it. This is a line from the autobiography, and we'll get into we'll get into the goss and the scandal of it later. But the three of us say it to each other constantly. Oh, did you know? mention Glenn Close never ever called me? She never called me. Not even once. Not even once. I love it. Her famous songs are, of course, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, I Dreamed A Dream, and Meadowlark. Of those many television roles, she's been on Frasier, which she got nominated for an Emmy for. I didn't her guest know that at that. all and didn't find that at all during my research. I when so that's I find really things like, you don't know. That's, uh, yeah. It <laughs> rarely happens, but it's such a joy. She has, of course, been on Will and Grace, which we are very thoroughly across. She's been in American Horror Story, Ugly Betty, and more recently in Pop. Yes, we'll get into that a little bit later on. I haven't seen the second... Uh, well, I'm I'm three episodes... No, two episodes into the second season, so I haven't seen her appearance on Pose yet. But I believe there is a lot to talk about that I'm really excited to learn about. She is currently married and has been since 1988 to her husband, Matthew Johnston, who was a cameraman, and they have one son, who is Joshua Luke Johnston, who was born the same year that I was, 1990. Terrible name, though. Oh, it's almost like you were meant to be Patty Lapone's son, but somehow fate draw you here. I feel like she'd be a great mum. I think Mm. from the things that I've read and seen, apparently they're they're really close. They're a really close knit family. family, I'd be terrified. I I think I think she loves her son in a way that I just think I just think she's fun with her family. I think she's very like iron willed lady in in terms of public figure, but behind the scenes stuff. I I reckon she's soft and gentle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, (laughs) she has two Tonys from seven nominations. She has two Grammys in the same year, which was two thousand and eight, for the same work with the Los Angeles Opera, and she has two Emmy nominations, two Olivier Awards. Fun fact: she was the first American to ever have an Olivier Award. 
Award. I threw that in there to Keila because I had a feeling that you would know what an Olivier Award is. So the Olivier Awards are like the the Tonys of London. Right. It's a British thing. It's a British thing. It's the West End thing. It's a big deal. And totally. Because I haven't actually got the research on it, I couldn't tell you what she's been nominated for the Olivier Awards for. I assume, Uh, I know one of them is Sunset Boulevard. The other one might be Company. I think it it had something to do with Les Mis. Mis. It had something to do with Les Mis. Mis. So it could have been like Sunset and Les Mis. That seems about right. She actually has no Hollywood Walk of Fame star. I was surprised about this. But that know, is astonishing. Yeah. She was at the presentation of the Hollywood Walk of Fame star for Mandy Patinkin. That doesn't surprise me. They so are he got one. So yeah. She hasn't got one. Joined at the hip. But you know what? I think I think what sort of happens here is she kind of falls into this kind of void that Hollywood Walk of Fame stars. And we're kind of obsessed with Hollywood Walk of Fame stars on this show. I don't know why, if but I just talked it, about it once. <laughs> I just find it really interesting. But I think she falls into this kind of gap because there's those four categories, right? And it's television, motion pictures, radio, and recording artists. And her biggest success really is has been within the theatre. Is musical theatre, yeah. which doesn't really in its own right, really qualify uh, you for a Hollywood yeah. Walk of Fame. Which but how do we live wrong. in a world where RuPaul has one and not and not Patty Lapone, right? No. Patty Lapone. Oh, it's, it's I don't know who I have to write to, but I'm going to write to them. Same with Emmys. <laughs> RuPaul's got Emmys and Patty Lapone yes. only got noms. <laughs> Rude. Most recently, she has been seen in what I would call Hollywood, because <laughs> that's what it's called. Because no. <laughs> for me, it has to be one of the greatest things I've seen on TV this year in a really, really, really long time. It was straight out the gate. Oh my goodness! Phenomenal. So yeah. a complete reimagining of what Hollywood would have been like if. If the gay stars of the time had been able to just be themselves, if we had promoted and and celebrated black writers and black actresses and people of colour and all, mm. it was it was it phenomenal. Created that utopian, like what if moment during like but during like a really grounded series where they talked about so many like famous stars of the time yeah. as well, yeah. and she played Avis Amberg and was. The most well-dressed woman of 2020. And I'm yes. just going to go out and say that because every outfit I now have with Ben Gillingham, Passion Couture, and Isis Avis Loren. Oh, I can't me wait to see them bastardised in Zaza, in Zaza sequence. <laughs> That's going to look really um Nothing tequila, but turbans and like... <laughs> Plus, can we can we just can we just give kudos for a, a moment for a seventy year old having a full on full frontal sex scene, getting, getting railed on a stairwell. <laughs> Please getting, don't clap into the microphone. Sorry, getting railed into a, in a stairwell. I can't oh, get it, bitch. Yes. Oh my goodness. We'll drop the sound on the um, the clapping, so you can't really hear it that much. So it's not so abrasive on your ears. But yes. Oh, honey, they're listening to a podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they've signed up for. The clapping's the least of it, babe. All right, gang, we've already got it started, but let's get into the iconic moments from Patti LuPone's career. Innocent and iconic. Don't you think? Oh, my God, that was great. <laughs> iconic. <was> great. <laughs> Isn't it iconic? Oh, look, which is, in my opinion, one of the most overused words, but we are dealing with divas on divas on divas on divas here, so it does seem appropriate. Absolutely. (laughs) So, during the Broadway season of 1987, she returned to the great bright way in Anything Goes as nightclub singer Reno Sweeney at the Lincoln Centre. Now, the Lincoln Centre has many theatres within the centre. She was upstairs at the Vivian Beaumont and Madonna was downstairs <laughs> at the Mitzi Newhouse Theatre doing her show. So they were both in the same venue at the same time. I am immediately and- changing my name to Mitzi Newhouse. <laughs> <laughs> that 
is possibly the greatest name. Ladies and gentlemen, ever. welcome to the stage. Lost Mitzi Newhouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Missing Mitzi Newhouse. Yeah, absolutely. I had to buy a new one. <laughs> So they were in the same building at the same time. And this was after Patty had had a lot to say about Madonna during the film of Evita and, and all of that stuff. She's appeared on Watch What Happens Live quite a few times. And she's she's most of her iconic quotes come from that. And this is what she had to say to Andy Cohen about Madonna. Did you and Madonna ever have a conversation about your two iconic performances as Evita? No, um, she was, but she was downstairs uh, at the uh, Mitzi Newhouse when I was upstairs uh, um, doing Anything Goes in the um, Vivian Beaumont, and a press agent actually put a sign up that there was only one diva allowed in this theater at a time. Wow. It wasn't me. It was right. a press agent that did it. Um, I don't know whether she ever found out about it. I did meet her after her opening night party, and the only thing that Madonna has ever said to me was, I'm taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of her role in Evita? Well, I was on the <laughs> treadmill, and I would, you know, when MTV used to have videos, yes. right? And I saw, I believe it was Buenos Aires, and I thought it was a piece of sh. <laughs> Madonna is a movie killer. She's dead behind the eyes. She cannot act her way out of a paper bag. She should not be on in, in, in film or on stage. She, she's a wonderful, you know, performer for what she does, but she is not an actress. Bang. She has a lot to say about, obviously, she originated the role of Evita on Broadway. She has a lot to say about Madonna. She does, and this is actually a view she's held for many, many years, and the second you mention her name, she goes into her exact sound bites. She has said the same thing. She said it on the red carpet, and she looked dead in the camera, like dead to camera, and went, she can't act her way out of a paper bag. She is dead, dead behind, behind the, the eyes. eyes. She's a movie killer. Oh. So, so Lady Gaga has, there could be 100 people in the room. <laughs> Patty Lapone has. She's dead behind Madonna's the eyes. Madonna's a movie killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so wonderful because Patty is now of the age. I mean, she's 71. Zero she's, fucks given. She hasn't, she hasn't got a single fuck left but to she's give. she's never given much of a fuck. No, though, not she? at all. Not really. But now publicly, afraid, publicly be- more so, she's, she's out there and just saying what she needs to say. And I love it because the most that she has to say about anyone and that I see has been things that I've seen on Watch What Happens Live because right. Andy Cohen has a way of getting things out of you and Lisa you and I know we're big Real Housewives fans oh. we're big Bravo Network fans I love them hello shout out to deep friend of the pod Bravo <laughs> Network <laughs> But he has a way oh. of getting things out of people. He does. Because I think it's just such like a friendly atmosphere. And Correct. And it, he does. And she's gay. Gets, she's sassy. She's, yes. She knows everyone. Yes. And Andy Cohen's like, I'm going to mine this for all it's worth. Correct. Get these sound bites for what I can. And I, yep. I love it. I think she's, it's, it's so good. Get that gif. Mate, she is not backwards about coming forwards on her opinions on anyone. Least of all, Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, God, she hates Donald Trump. This soundbite, I think, encapsulates it the most. Why should President Trump come see your show? Well, I hope he doesn't because I won't perform if he does. Really? Really. Tell me why. Because I hate the motherfucker. How's that? So, hang on, what was that, Patty? Do you, how do you feel about Trump? I hate the motherfucker. How about that? <laughs> I think it's just so great. That's not the only time that she says this publicly. There is a great video from the stage door of Company when she was doing it in the West End, and somebody asked her, and fans love to get that moment, and they want to have their own moment oh, with, and, yeah. with any kind of star. And yeah. she's at the stage door, and somebody asks her, oh, Patty, what do you think about Donald Trump? And she's like, yeah, he's a motherfucker. I've said it. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. She 
also says it in this interview with Paul Wanterak. What do you think of Trump? Oh, he's a f- ass mother asshole. Thank he you. He is a f- nut, and he should be. He's certifiably insane, and he has compromised this country, and it is tantamount to treason what he just did. And why are we not doing anything about it? Why is it taking so long? What the f- is going on in this country? Twerking. That's what I think of. <laughs> Twerking. Twerking. So Paul Wondering is so lovely. He's just like, and uh, this is my show. It's show people. Let's just move it on to twerking. What do you think about twerking? Um, I just, I don't want to get in trouble with the government. But she is so resolute in her hatred for, as so many people are with her hatred for what is going on in the United States. 100%. I think it's completely justified. She is not one to suffer fools gladly, Emma. I'm not going to mince my words. Here's what I have to say. Like it or not. What's she got to lose? Like once you get to this level of iconography. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's like, fuck it. What are you going to do? Take away my Tonys? Take away my yeah. Grammys? So you can't, fuckers. She was like, like, if Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't fucking keep me down this far, who else? <laughs> Who's going to do it? Who's, are you going to do it? Nobody's going to do it. You just know she's sending boiled bunnies to Glenn Close. <laughs> oh, did I mention Glenn Close never, ever called me? She has also talked about, and quite realistically talked about, she said she's already looked at real estate, that if he gets in for another term, that they're gone. The family are moving to either yep. Ireland or Canada. Because she loves the UK as well, specifically Ireland. They spent a lot of time holidaying there when she was in Sunset Boulevard and in Les Mis as well. So it's not surprising. I think also one of her most iconic moments is her absolute public and unashamed falling out with Andrew Lloyd Webber, who at the time was the darling of the musical theatre world, mm. was Phantom, Cats, all that kind of stuff. Phantom, Cats, That's Starlight Express, all of it. All Jesus of it. Christ, superstar. The, the money, like the guy turned money into, into more money. Like yeah. you, you, nothing went wrong for Andrew Lloyd Webber except for hiring Patti LuPone. <laughs> And I bet he, I bet he rused the day oh, that he hired Patti yeah. LuPone. Do you guys remember from the autobiography in that car? There is an entire chapter on how much she, she hates, hates Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Webber. Sorry, there's two chapters. I listened to it last night. <laughs> there are two chapters on how much she hates yeah. and the fallout from Sunset Boulevard on how much she hates, like viscerally hates. Yeah. The fallout from Andrew Lloyd Webber. Everything. One of my favorite things about her is the fallout from the lawsuit. From and this is where that soundbite that we've been playing comes from. Comes from, from her, is, her, is the audiobook. Her, her hatred. Sort of yeah. not hatred, but I guess her falling out with Glenn Close. Yeah, it? so she was promised the Broadway run of Sunset Boulevard, Boulevard after yep. she was critically acclaimed in the production in London. Yeah, and then without any consultation, without any anything, they gave the out of town engagement in LA to Glenn no, Close. No, she was doing LA, and they gave they um, gave, they gave Glenn Broadway. Oh, because okay. that's what she was like. Because she was slogging her guts but out. She never, in LA but she never went to do. She never went to do LA because she was still in London. Because she never left London. Oh, that's right. She no, no. So oh, they, no, she was in London. She, yeah, yeah, so she was. She yeah, was, she was sorry, London, and she was. The contract was London, and then to Broadway, and then to yeah. yeah so the out of town tryout for LA, and then was Glenn, oh, and and because Glenn was doing LA, LA, yeah. yeah so Glenn was Glenn doing was LA, doing but LA. she was promised Broadway. That's right. Yeah. And then yes. Glenn, Glenn got plucked from LA, taken to. Imagine a movie star in LA getting good reviews. For yeah, role that that she's also perfect for. Like not to take away from one, one Miss Patty LuPone, Glenn Close. And you can see it. Nailed it. Like the gravitas, everything. Like she, she was Norma Desmond. The Andrew Lloyd Webber fiftieth anniversary con. Concert where Glenn Close comes out to do with one look yep. and she has she's not the singer that Patti LuPone is but she is no. an actress and she acts yeah. it and it yep. is beautiful and it is wonderful to see we will actually pop that clip up on the website on the website um, divasondivas.com divasondivas.com you've got a website we do you're so modern and all entrepreneurial homosexuals during lockdown we post all this fun stuff all these clips and everything because some of this stuff you've got to actually see so the money from the lawsuit that she put against the really 
really useful group and Andrew Lloyd Webber, when they finally paid that out, it was a bucket load it of money. It was close to a million dollars. Unfathomable amount so of money. So it was a stupid amount of money. So what they did is when they built their house, they actually built a pool in their house called the Andrew Lloyd Get Webber out. Memorial Pool. <laughs> yeah. And it is for a man who is not dead yet. <laughs> but dead to Patty LaPone. Yeah. Dead to Patty LaPone. And to that's me. all that matters to her. I just want to I just want there to be a plaque. Like you just know there's like some I'm sure plaque there is. That I'm sure she's gotten is. completely hammered and pissed on at some stage. Like <laughs> she's walked around the compound with her Pinot Grigio and gone, Oh, I need to go to the toot. She, I'm gonna go and piss she on is the that Andrew Plaque. Level of petty and petty, yeah. I'm sure. And of course that's she's Petty LaPone. She, she one of the things that put her <laughs> Penny LaPone. <laughs> yes. It's one of the things that um, really upset her about Glenn Close because she thought from professional to professional, you could have rang, but... Oh, did I mention Glenn Close never, ever called me? <laughs> Not one. Not one. She mentions that at least four or five times oh, in the audience. Well, she mentions it more than we used to. I don't hold grudges anymore. I'm past that. But did you know she never called? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, th- I know we're talking about iconic moments, and I, it, it's not quite iconic, but it has really captivated me at the moment. Patty Lapone during lockdown, her social medias oh. have been <laughs> incredible. Her, her tour, where she's walking around her attic or her, like, her, what, it's what a can only it's be a basement. basement, what could only be described as the Smithsonian for stage. Like she's got all these writing desks and the posters and the jukeboxes. Let me let me play you a little snippet from one of the craziest ones. Go. I got two minutes. I already yeah. made. I already made a video. And it won't download. So now I'm just wildly dancing. And she is. She's just wildly dancing. TikTok for boomers. I'm so here. <laughs> I got a really great one, but I can't send it. I, I showed you a whole bunch of shit. But- the energy is so hectic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the craziest shit. She's been locked down. She hasn't been able to slap anyone recently. The only <laughs> social media that she has is Twitter. I implore all of our followers, please go onto her Twitter. She's at mm. Patty Lapone on Twitter. We wouldn't expect anything else. She has her <laughs> name and that's it. Please go and follow her. It's it's bizarre. Have you guys, you guys seen the video where she goes through the lockers? <laughs> <laughs> There's one particular video where she's got some lockers downstairs and each video she sort of shows more and more of her basement because people are like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And so she, but she's insane. She puts, she's got a beekeeper outfit. She puts a beekeeper outfit on from one of the lockers. One of the lockers she opens and just grabs a bottle of Jack Daniels and a bong (laughs) and won a Tony Award out of and then just throws it back in. Well, she'll get a Tony for this. Like yeah. she, she, I don't know if there's a Tony for Twitter, but she got the Tony for 100%. Twitter. 100%. Back to watch what happens live. There is a really great story where during lockdown, Andy Cohen has been interviewing these celebrities and still doing his normal watch what happens live. And they interview her from her house and he asks her about her bong. Patty, Ryan B texted, you showed off a bong in one of your basement um, tour videos. When was the last time you used it? That's my husband's bong, and I haven't smoked in maybe 20 years. Maybe 20 years. So that's... I'm not believing it. I've been following her. <laughs> no, she, 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 she might not have smoked out of a bong. She's been blazing it during... I've, seen, it during I've seen her in a recent interview say that she can't smoke anymore because she's too old and then go, who said I don't smoke anymore? <laughs> like she, she's a contradiction. <laughs> I love her. She's, she's quite open and, and, and honest about She might about be saying that she's only, she hasn't smoked through a bong. She might be smoking yeah. spliffs and she might be having edibles. We don't know. We don't, I we don't know. Oh, that would be my absolute. Just to say like... What I don't Kitchen and she's just got like a, a 
a jar full of gummy bears and you're like, don't touch them. There is a great... There <laughs> is, like, they're, they're for a bit. They're Auntie Patties. <laughs> <laughs> they're Auntie Patties, buddy. She doesn't have an Instagram, but there is an Instagram dedicated to her called sh- at Shut Up Lupone. Because <laughs> it's Shut Up Patty Lupone, like yeah. the, the Will and Grace Club. Shut your magnificent brassy <laughs> trap. <laughs> yes. So there is a great thing. And she's cooking Thanksgiving dinner or she's cooking like Passover dinner. It's one of like the big celebrations. She's cooking it. And it's really, it's wild to see her in her element in the kitchen, just like shoving things in the oven, pulling things out. And she is, she's manic. So that kind of energy that she gives in her basement right. is, it's throughout it's her entire just life. Like it's not, it's yeah. not manufactured. It's, that's just who she is just who at she a is. level. Yeah. I love it. That, um, that leads me quite nicely into, of course, I, I'm always going to celebrate a moment when my diva collides with my favorite television show, Will and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> How great was her turn on Will and Grace? She gave us this beauty. The, the running gag was that Jack was trying to collect hair from all his Broadway divas for his Broadway divas week. Yes. <laughs> and he, you just go on from B. Arthur. He completed his Golden Girls week. And yes. he, did it. he was also with Will and Will was mad at him for not paying attention to him. Anyway, Patty yep. Lapone shows up when they're at lunch. You want me to sing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina? Well, it's my birthday. I would love to, but I don't want to be rude. I'll just ask these gentlemen if they don't mind. Excuse me. Hello. Jack. Patty Lupone is trying to get your attention. Would you mind if I sang? Shut up, Patty Lupone! <laughs> Shut your brassy, magnificent trap! <laughs> I don't want to hear you sing. I don't want to cut your hair. And I certainly don't want to hear you singing while I'm cutting your hair. <laughs> Got it? Now I'm talking to my best friend, so stand back, Buenos Aires. <laughs> <laughs> People either love me or they hate me. <laughs> I love when a diva is very tongue-in-cheek about herself. And like self-referential self <laughs> yes. as yes. well. They can take the piss out of who they are within the community. I mean, Because if- once again, what's she got to lose? <laughs> you, you get to a certain level, you're 100%. like, fuck it. Will and Grace also gave us this beautiful little, um, what do you call it when three people sing? It's not a duet. Harmony? It's a, yeah, uh, it's no, a it's a trio. Trio. It's a, um, well, whatever it is. Like a, a group. Whatever yeah. it is, it gave us this. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is, I never left you. All through my wild days, my mad existence, I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. I would have been beside myself. Oh, I would have lost it. Imagine, now, for yeah. those of you who are at home, because podcasts are such a visual medium, <laughs> the end of that clip that we just listened to, uh, Jack finally gets to uh, get it. Well, it's implied that he gets a snip of her hair. <laughs> to sculpt his diva. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very good. And don't they have beautiful voices? I really love... Uh, Will's voice is just stunning. But Oh, yes. I've always been incredibly impressed and surprised. surprised when for someone that isn't a Broadway trained or like a musical theatre trained actor, to be able to just like hold pitch yeah, against Patty Lapone. Yes, like, yeah. stunning. It's kind of the first that we've played a snippet of her voice on this episode too. Like, what a like she's known as one of the biggest 
belters in Absolutely. the industry. Absolutely. There's a video that I watched yesterday, and the audio's not very good, so I'm not going to play it, but it's her singing Don't Rain on My Parade, which, of course, is a Barbara Streisand classic, and she holds the microphone so far away from her because she's just a big Yeah, belter. she projects. She's, she pro- and she has that Juilliard projection. She has that Juilliard training where yeah. she can she can get away with it. I saw her here, I want to say two years ago. She was at the Art Centre in Melbourne, and I went with my boss, who is theatre personified. You've met Glenda. She's... <laughs> Crazy theatre. She's a walking playbill. She is a walking playbill. And we went and saw her and she sang Don't Rain On My Parade live. And it yeah, was, right. It's unbelievable yeah. because that voice in person still holds up. I would mm. prolapse on the spot. When she got to the oh, the heady heights yeah. of Meadowlark, I lost every oh, yes. bit of my being left my body. Because yep. I was like, I can't, I don't know that I'll see better than this. You won't. Patty has an affinity with one of my favourite Broadway shows of all time, which is Company. It's a Stephen Sondheim show from the 70s. It's one of his best, I believe. I'd I'd go as far as to say it's his best. Sure, yeah. Because it's musically, it's beautiful. Acting-wise, every person that they've had in the role since they've started it has really knocked it out of the park. He's really specific about how he wants this show presented. It's also a very stripped-back production. Like, it's never... Like, as far as, like, staging and no, stuff like that. No, there's because it's real life. It's, yeah. It's really about this guy that all of his friends are married couples and they want him to, like, join them. And, like, when are you going to join us in the, the married group? When are yeah. you going to be, like, a responsible adult at, like, mid-30s? When are you going to start, like, really considering All the what, expectations. Yeah, all yeah. of the expectations. The money, of, the property, of, the circles, the friends, the, of what the your hierarchy life is, of social... Yeah. 100%. So the first time that Patti Lapone ever took on one of the roles within this show was she played Joanne in 2011 and she played it for a four-night limited engagement concert production with the New York Philharmonic. The production starred Neil Patrick Harris as Bobby, <laughs> the titular, like the main character, and he was incredible. You can see the entire thing on YouTube. You can download it. I've watched it more times than I care to count. And she is wonderful as Joanne. <laughs> she does The Ladies Who Lunch. One of my favourites that I've ever seen. It. It's so desperate, mm. which is what I want from that. She's an older woman who is stuck in this loveless marriage who wants to start an affair with the main character called Bobby. What I really, really appreciate is in September 2017, it was announced that she would be doing a gender-flipped version of it in London, starring Rosalie Oh my god that's right Yes How did I forget all about this Very very recently So in 2018 She opened the production Playing Joanne The same character she played For that four night Limited engagement But in a gender flip version Where the main character Was no longer a male But a female Yeah And it flips it Because those expectations On men are like Oh okay, that's something I hadn't thought about. Men have to be settled down and married by this point. And it's a very, like, early... It's a really progressive take on it. It's a really progressive take on it, having it being a woman, because a lot of people wouldn't be surprised with it being a man, because they're like, yeah, okay, men don't get those expectations. But when you put it on a woman, it brings a whole level of... Yeah, yeah, it's that... Expectation, you have to be married or pregnant by this point. It's that cliche conundrum of why do we always ask women, how are you going to balance your career and motherhood? Yeah, but we never ask the men. We never ask the men. So Stephen Sondheim in the 70s was asking men that question, but now we're like, no, let's flip it and make it more modern day. Why are we asking women these questions? And she finished that production and then they announced that it was going to Broadway. And so they were moving to Broadway with the- Her version of it. Her version of it. With It was the first female director, Marianne Elliott, and it moved to Broadway with Katerina Lenk playing the lead role. 
They were weeks into their production when COVID hit. Oh, oh like they were playing to sold out houses yeah, right. for months on oh, end. So it, it, like was, it, on was, Broadway it was on Broadway. Yeah. Broadway. They'd opened and then COVID hit. And it shut down. Had to shut down. Yeah. The only thing that can shut down Patty Lapone is COVID. coronavirus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently not. Have you seen her Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> she does not seem shut down on that. No. <laughs> she is. She's doing quite well. So the production actually opened on the 22nd of March. This year. <gasps> yeah, right. Like, oh my, the week. Yeah. They had a week of previews and then they shut it down. That's got to be heartbreaking. And it that kills is. me because we have a, a recording, like a, an original London recording cast of the West End cast, mm. but we don't have a Broadway recording yet. Yeah. And I would hope that after this we can but make it but yeah, I mean, there's so many moving parts <laughs> putting a show together. How do you know that all of those people are going to be available when you need them next? Right. And also, like, it's, it's a real shame because it, it's just hit at that right time where it would strike a chord with Everybody. millions. Yeah. Sweet the Tonys, everything. It's just exactly it's exactly the shake up that a the script needed, but also the industry and people's perceptions on well, hopefully. humanity as well. Having yeah. a person of colour play Bobby and a woman, like right. it's amazing. I hope they haven't bumped out and it's all just sitting there ready to go, like <laughs> sitting in Patty Lapone's yeah. basement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in their locker next week. It could easily be during the week this week. Tequila, you had your very own diva moment, very synonymous with the show. Look, I was really hoping you wouldn't bring it up on air, but that's fine. <laughs> Even though really? we because I got an SMS. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about this. Even though it's only episode three, you demanded we restructure the show. We usually include a diva moment towards the end of the show. Now, Lisa, this is one qualifying moment from a diva that if nothing else existed, this in its own right would constitute them as a diva. Now, we both wanted to talk about this more at length, so we've decided to move it a little bit earlier in the show this week. This week's diva moment is a live recording from a 2009 performance of Gypsy. In fact, it was the second last performance of Gypsy before it was finishing for that run, she noted that an audience member had a mobile phone on them and she stopped the entire show. Crazy, but I had a wonderful night. <laughs> At least I got to see it until almost the end. She, so close. She goes on to, to really castize this person. Uh, if that was if that wasn't enough, until they were removed, and then she begun the number again to to massive applause. The fact is, though, she never broke character once. She stayed in that Mama, Mama Rose. Rose. She was, she was giving you the diva that you came to see. Oh, 100%. Really? And there's no amount of money I wouldn't pay to see that. I happen. would have walked out of that theatre and repaid for my ticket because I would have got twice the show. Stop everything! Just for that moment. Yes. <laughs> like, and and this, so is a, like, uh, this is obviously all happened at a time before going viral. But she was really a thing. within the Broadway community. She <laughs> went viral. viral. Yeah. But if you'd seen that show and you were present, you would walk out and go, I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm pretty sure that show is about to go viral. Like that moment will be echoed in the annals of history forever and ever and ever. As I was doing a lot of my research for Patty, I was listening to Patty and I found this little beauty on one of her live recordings, a bit where she talks to the audience in reference to that infamous moment. I would have done anything that involved packing a suitcase and taking off. Hobo. 
merchant marine, traveling salesman, stewardess. Oh, I would have made a fabulous stewardess. Turn the phone off. Who do you think you are? Perfect. And then straight into the song. Again, so self-referential. I love it. Because she's just like, this is what makes me me. Yeah. Like, Remember like that time a- I was an icon? <laughs> I'm going to keep reminding you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did I mention... Oh, did I mention Glenn Close never, ever called me? (laughs) Not once. (laughs) Not even once. She didn't even send flowers. And I think that's what she was really upset about. Because Patty likes doing sent flowers. (laughs) I've asked you to bring forward the diva moment between Isn't It Iconic and Mary Did You Know for a reason. Because I have a little rebuttal to that story. That is, oh. it's a little bit of conjecture, it's, oh. but it's been widely purported on the internet and in print. So it must be true. In, no, <laughs> and in print with the New God York Times the since. Oh, it must be true then. So, let's do it. Thank you, Tony Braxton. Mary, did you know, Lisa, is the part of the show where we talk about the little-known facts about the diva or things that maybe we didn't know or we think the listeners might not have been aware of. Just to kick off this segment, I do want to start with Mary, did you know that Lisa has forgone the mimosas and she's gone to rosé? I have for the moment because, as I said earlier, I am an elderly woman and I do have a bit of the reflux and uh, Prosecco and orange juices. Highly acidic. It's no good for anyone, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially after the, what, no. we on the fourth hour of recording now? Yeah. <laughs> 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 paint stripper. <laughs> of course, nobody will hear that. They'll just hear the seamless the best three and a half hours of it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> We're going to shave it down to 358, you know. So during her performance of Gypsy in 2009, she experienced several flashes that were coming from the audience, causing her to almost trip on stage twice. And she was really shaking by this and by the, traumatic. by the time the this is what she says by the time the third flash went off Lupone knew enough was enough so she stopped the show as we showed you earlier to yell at the rude audience member taking the photos before kicking them out and starting the song all over again what has been widely reported is the reporter worked for New York magazine and was actually given permission to take pictures the cast oh. were told that there would be a photographer in the orchestra and Patty was under the impression that the photographer had left at intermission when she saw the focus light on the camera go off a few times she got really pissed and threw a fucking fit as mm. she's wont to do so this is the person that we just heard yep. that she's unleashed yep. on apparently that was a reporter that was supposed <laughs> A reporter, yeah, and depending on the event, and depending on because they were going to do like a big thing about it closing, and they wanted photos from the last performances, and it depends on who you talk to. But the photographer was ejected and was eventually paid some money because they weren't able to get all of the pictures from the show that they needed. Imagine getting compensation for being abused by Patty Lapone. <laughs> oh God, where do I sign up for that? <laughs> money and I care not for the money, money, but I just want Patty to absolutely <laughs> abuse me. If rumor and conjecture are to be believed they also got paid a substantial amount to promise not to badmouth her yeah right well they must have signed an NDA if that there, hasn't there come has out to be because there's nothing really come out there has been something in print and you ask a lot of the broadway.com forums online like yep. everyone's talking about it but it's also clearly a misunderstanding so if it was explained to Patty that the or Petty opponent calling her at the moment Petty, Petty. <laughs> 
that the you know the reporter had gone home. It's it's clearly misunderstanding. It's not actually reflective of who she is as a person. I'd like to say that as soon as I've said it, I'm like it's actually 100 reflective. It's of it's really she's, she's known for it time and time and time again. Yeah, she's done it quite a few times. It was even as recently as 2015. She snatched a phone out of an audience member's hand and walked to the walked Shows to the foyer. The days, yes. Walked to the foyer and gave it to an usher. And in an interview when she was talking about that, I heard her say they were like, you know, people have really applauded you for your stance. And she goes, I just wish they'd turn their fucking phones off. She goes, I don't want the, I don't want the accolades or I just want people to turn their phones off. It's obviously a massive bugbear of hers. It's crazy. In a blog post on her official site, she said, where's the elegance? I mean, I'm glad they show up because God knows it's a dying art form. And I guess I'm glad they're all comfortable. Sleeping, eating, drinking, things they should be doing at home and in a restaurant. But it's just not done in the theatre. And it's like, she just doesn't care. She's like, here's the etiquette. Obey it or don't. And I'm going to throw you out if you don't. I've I've got this conspiracy theory that I've kept to myself. And I think, no, now's the time to really impress it upon the world. Is that I just secretly really want to believe that this is like a stunt that she pulls out every now and then just to pull the stunt. Like, you know, as a performer, Tequila, you know, you've got it, you know, numbers that you pull out. <laughs> Cartwheel into a split. Cartwheel yeah. into a split. You're like, yeah. you know, and then she's like, no, tonight, tonight's the night I'm going to turn at an audience member and really let things go viral. Like, and I, I really hope that it's times where if ticket sales weren't doing well, she's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to breathe a bit of life yeah. back into the show. I mean, you've got to wonder I'm going to turn business. an audience member really- and get the press writing about well, it. I think, and if she is doing that, jeez. Yes, yeah. it's so on brand, like, but also it's on brand, but also against the etiquette. So she's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, she's not being unnecessarily deaverish. It's just that somebody was breaking the rules, and I'm a stickler for rules. That's it. But she knows yeah. she's paid for that ticket for the person to come and take a photo. But yeah. The reason I tend to believe it is that it was the second last day of performances for Gypsy, and they didn't need that press going forward because the show was closing. So, oh, yeah, yeah. But just for our own press, even if it's not quite to the extent that you're saying, it must be a part of her. Guys, this can't be too bad. This can't be too bad for <laughs> my own publicity. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Although that gypsy, the recording, the one recording that we have of that thing in gypsy, you think if you're going to plant somebody in the audience to do it, but there was obviously somebody doing a fucking bootleg that day. So yep. that one sort of really bad quality audio that you heard before is all we kind of know about it too. Yeah. I was really like, when we listened to the audio book, I was really like, actually taken aback in the back seat. It yeah, woke me from my were. slumber. It woke me from my slumber <laughs> okay. to find out that one of the great loves of her life and they were studying at Juilliard together and had this on and off again torrid the soulmate moment with Kevin Klein. I know. Oh. I don't I don't see that as a match to me. I see it for me. Oh, like, right. I don't but can you imagine Kevin like Kevin Klein is an attractive gentleman. Well I believe so anyway, but can you imagine him and he's like prime. Oh my God, she was so lovely. Oh, so hot. Have you seen him in Delove? Oh, my God, where he played Cole Porter. Oh, my goodness. I'm still, my nipples are still erect. I can't, like. It's because you're playing with them as we speak. Sorry. (laughs) Because he was a part of, also, of that first graduating class of Juilliard's uh, drama division. And they've obviously knew each other from then. Yeah. And I think a really interesting point to bring out as well is she had a TV show where her son was differently abled. And she loved, loved, loved the son. But was the husband who she had to play against was such a toxic asshole that she was like, she had to call her manager and go, 
go, get me out of this oh, show. It was Life Goes On, wasn't That's it? That's the one, yes. Yes, yes. from 1993, she yeah. was in Life Goes On and she was filming in Los Angeles. She talks about it at length in the autobiography yeah. where she was just like, it's not working. Like the the vibe yeah. isn't working. Yeah. He's awful. The guy that plays my husband. So this is the, you're not the character, but the, the actual person. The actual, the actual actor. She just actor, couldn't yeah. get along with Bully, toxic masculinity. Just like, just what the 90s were known for, really. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. yes. Ray right. Romano had absolutely nothing on this guy, apparently. <laughs> One of the things that I think is totally worth mentioning is the audiobook that we've referenced a few times now, <laughs> Patti Lapone, A Memoir. Apparently, the name of the autobiography comes, it was the winner of a competition. So it won a competition and all we got was Patti Lapone, A Memoir. <laughs> I don't know that I want, like, anything different. <laughs> no. Like, but what were the other suggestions? I would face. love to see, I would love to see, like, the top ten list of, <laughs> of the people that wrote in to be like, here's what we want to call it. The, we landed on, we don't landed cry on for me. Don't cry for me, a Patti Lapone legendary, but like, what are you what are calling think, it? I think Petty Lapone would have been great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Miss Petty Lapone, the energy that she brings, and we've spoken about this earlier, the energy that she brings to every aspect of her life is what's helped give her the reputation that she is known for. In fact, everyone who has successfully worked with her is terrified of her, but not in <laughs> a like she's a domineering bitch or anything like that. It's that she doesn't suffer fools gladly and she expects everyone to bring their A game at every point. So if it's even if like if it's a rehearsal and you're not giving anything, she will tell you she'll about tell it. She'll tell you about it. So for her, even in rehearsals, it's like she's, it's show night. Everything is at a 10, every, everything is a 10, 10, 10 the whole time because to put on you're a Broadway at a, show. You're at a four. I'm going to need a 10. ten. Yeah. I was waiting for it. <laughs> what are my first lines? The to, very to first thing that she ever said to me, that Lisa ever said to me in rehearsals for the flashback for equality was, um, you're at a four. I'm going to need you at a 10. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> when she was already a full out 12. Like every, I was just looking at the screen going, you have a lot of energy for this time on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Petty man. As yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's really interesting because she's one of our divas that are quite unapologetic about that behaviour, whereas a lot of the others will sort of go, no, 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 I'm not difficult to work with. No, 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 I'm not. No, I don't, I don't direct a lot and blah, blah, blah. But Patty's like, no, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not doing it right. professionalism that has to be delivered at all times. She goes, I'm not difficult to work with. This is just my standard yeah. and I need everyone to be at that standard. She doesn't consider herself a diva, which is really interesting to this notion of diva that a lot of the time some people consider it to be a bit of a negative thing. She says, I'm totally Italian and it's a big personality, but I'm not a diva. If you could see the way I'm dressed in daily life, that's not a diva. Appearances are so not important to me. Honey, we've seen it. We've seen your, we've seen your life in your basement. But also, yeah. I think the lady does protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you've stopped an entire production multiple times to snatch your phone rather than just roll with it. If her one reason for not being a diva is because sometimes I wear track pants, because sometimes she's <laughs> at home and she's like, I don't have any mascara on, and that makes me not a diva. Not a so diva. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a big personality. Okay, yeah. all my party. Uh, in 1978, she starred in the original Broadway production of Evita, which was the musical based on the life of Eva Peron. And it nearly destroyed her vocals. Composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, her first Andrew Lloyd Webber show, and was directed by Harold Prince. She's gone on to say since that she thinks Hal Prince is the worst director she's ever worked with, which I think is really fascinating because she's like, he's really, he just, he's a great guy and this, that and the other, but he just doesn't understand directing. He doesn't understand shows. 
She also went on to say, because she was hailed by critics during this production, she also went on to say that, and I quote, Evita was the worst experience of my life. I was screaming my way through a part that could only have been written by a man who hates women. I had no support from the producers who wanted a star performance on stage, but treated me as an unknown backstage. It was like Beirut. I fought like a banshee. Mm. So she said this in publication in 2007, which was long after her feud. Mm. She talks about it at length in that autobiography. Yeah. 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 But it's long after she did the very public thing against Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sunset Boulevard. So it's, it's really interesting to see her all these years later in 2007 talk about this at length and how she was forced to do something that physically she probably wasn't yeah. really ready for. Yeah. yeah. And it's a hard, like, it's a hard thing. Tina Arena had it right. She was in the Melbourne production recently. Yeah. Stunning because she has, she has those. That, that and, range, yeah. But I thought Patty had that range. I think Tina's, like, as we spoke earlier, Patty's a belter. Mm. So her mix. Yeah. yeah so her okay. Tina's voice is softer and a little more pure where Patty is just pure power. And there is a great there is a great thing as well. I'm gonna play a little bit for you now and we'll pop it up on the website. Craziest thing to yeah. have someone. So we talk about how like Tina would have done that in her mix and in her like soft voice, but to have someone that is at the height of their belt and she's like, I'm not compromising this for anyone. Yep. No way, no how. And singing in full belt with every piece bleeding of her vocal brain, cords, actual mm. bleeding vocal cords, and singing at 27 years, like it blows my yeah. mind. I know little about singing, but it hurt my throat <laughs> listening to that. I was about to say the same it's thing. Like yeah, up, it's up there, and it's the most crazy thing. I've ever Say, Why are you up here when I'm down here? <laughs> <laughs> so we were speaking earlier about her love-hate relationship with several directors and that she, despite her uh, own testament, has shown many times that she might actually be difficult to work with. <laughs> no. Um, no, she won't have it. One of her directors, Arthur Lawrence, wrote a book about making Gypsy with her. He also wrote the original books, like as in librettos, for both Gypsy and West Side Story, and he directed the revival that she was in. You might we, We've hardly mentioned the fact that she played Mama Rose. She, Tony's, everyone in that cast got the Tony's, including the cow. Oh, Laura Benanti in that. Oh, though. all of it. I, Absolutely. I, I for Laura Benanti, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, as it turns out, she wasn't supposed to get that role. No. Um, Lawrence actually just hated her, despised her. (laughs) God. Absolutely despised her. Something about being difficult to work with. (laughs) Um, But... She she made the call. She's like, come and have dinner with me. I, I need to talk to you about the show. Obviously, it was deeply in her blood. She's been in this show so many times. And so he, he directed uh, the revival uh, and she had to go in and pitch it. Imagine being Patti Lapone mm-hmm. and having to make a call and pitch yourself as Mama Rose, a role... <laughs> You have done many yeah, yeah. times. <laughs> but also a role that was pretty much written for someone in her right. caliber. Like. Absolutely. So I found, oh, I found that intriguing. It's so she had to kind the- of plead herself more as a person to work with? Like was it more on, well, a, on, the, on the fact that 
she would yeah, know the, the, the director just fired her she's like I don't want to work with her it's yeah, really right. interesting because she did she, that's not the first time she did it either there was the Sam Mendes production absolutely with Bernadette Peters Ooh. where Bernadette Peters got the role which the was only the, person to not get a Tony for that role <laughs> no one's surprised <laughs> see me on a Sunday when I have full vocal health um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's really wild because she thought she had the Sam Mendes revival locked down and then all of a sudden it went to Broadway and they went the pre-Broadway stuff and she got a very like abrupt email from Sam Mendes saying oh sorry we've given it to um Bernadette Peters yeah. it's 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 not your role it's yeah. not right now and I mean fair enough because Years later, like a couple of years later, she did go on to win the Tony for it. So yeah. But it's also mad. one of those, for me, like iconic pivotal moments where the actress has to go, I'm going to be great in this role. You know I'm going to be great in this role. Let's figure this out. Betty Buckley had to do it for Grisabella in Cats. For me, Grisabella is her and Elaine Page. Like, no one else bothered. Like, Delta Goodrum, excuse me. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to make a case for Mamie Paris in the most recent revival. Oh yes, yes, all right. I would. Yeah, I yes. would like to do that because no one's done a breath that long with that many words. Oh, you couldn't do it. It's no. wonderful. So yes, it's so weird that this moment that has become so famous in in, in musical theatre history almost never happened because the director hated it. Read the book. It's actually a really good book. It's just called On Directing. Barbara Streisand holds the current rights to Gypsy, and Nothing she was about that. She was me. supposed to be doing it, and she was. There have been talks for years and years that she was wanting to play Mama Rose and she wanted Lady Gaga to play Louise. Which, when this came about many years ago... Wait, don't tell me about how he had an opinion on this. <laughs> Doesn't sound like her at all. Lady I'm Gaga just let Louise. The, I'm going to... How s- stunning. Oh, I know. I'm an adesia. Like, oh, yeah. it's stunning. I'm a I'm an adesia. So these are actual rumours, not RuPaul's Drag Race family page rumours. <laughs> they just make up dream casting for things. becomes her with Anne Hathaway and um, <laughs> the one that's the less talented Goldie Horn. Which, what's her name? Kate Hudson. <laughs> Kate Hudson, if you're watching this, I loved you in Bride Wars. Um, Nobody liked her in Bride Wars. Also, that was really, of all the mean, nasty, The only things I could thing. think of her that she's been in. Also, uh, Kate Hudson has literally anything else to do than listen to this. <laughs> but on the off chance, we'll send it to her publicist. Yeah. We'll put her on PR. Who knows? But Patty Lapone had this to say about Streisand. T wants to know if you think Barbara Streisand will ever get her film adaptation of Gypsy off the ground that she's been working on for years. Um, that's a hard one. I have no idea. I know she would like to do it, and I'm sure there's technology so that she could do it. And I think maybe 50 years ago, she would have been a brilliant Madame Rose. Okay. What you think she's Damn. just doing? I do. I think she's too old. But again, there is technology to change all of that, but I don't know whether mentally she's is you know has that kind of um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Hunger. Hunger. Got it. The shade from Miss Patty Lapone. I mean there's one fired. thing saying things about people that are in the audience and this, that and the other. But there's another thing like taking pot shots. I, everyone's Barbara taking a pot shot. Everyone's taking a pot shot against Madonna. That's fine. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. done. It's it. an easy target. But we're yeah. not doing it against Streisand. I mean, she's a good seven <laughs> years older than you for a start. Yeah. And she has an EGOT and you don't. So. <laughs> Look, I have one last Mary, did you know it? But her name is Patty. It's not short for anything. It's Patty what Patty Ann, Ann is her middle name. Her mother's maiden name was Patty. So she was called Patty from birth. She's one of those people that has a shortened name. And this is surprising to me, like when you said it earlier, like her name is actually Patty. I was like, 
I was always sure it was like Patricia. Like I thought, yeah, because Patricia is what I assume well, Patricia well. Lapone. How do you like? I like, I, I say lo- it all the time. I always talk to her about, uh, talk as about her Lepone. as Patricia Lapone. Very modern, so modern, modern yeah. <laughs> for a seventy. How old? Seventy-one year old So I'd like to talk about the fact. <laughs> She's been in a multitude of Brian Murphy series recently. Oh, 100%. Um, she's been in Glee, American Horror Story, Pose, and Hollywood. So Brian Murphy seems to have these women that are his muses. He has Jessica Lange, Sarah Paulson, Angela Bassett, and Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. Yes, like these women that keep just popping up in his series. He knows who he likes to work with. He's got like Daniel Chris as well. He's in quite yeah. a lot of his yeah. stuff. And, yeah, he's- and he's actually really good at picking actors almost out of it, like who were well-known actors, but almost out of obscurity. Like, yeah. what was Jessica Lange doing before American Horror Story? Literally like, nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. What was Kathy Bates doing? Literally nothing. Misery Angela Bassett hadn't seen her in years. But it's a brilliant, brilliant character actresses that are going to be versatile in whatever roles he puts them I in. I think it's a great thing to do because one of the things that people really love these days, if you look at the culture of movies and, and the, the trends there, it's very it's very nostalgia-based. So people love to go, oh, I remember this actress from back then and I loved right. her in this thing. And So taking those people and giving them the spotlight again, I think it's a great way to cast. Yeah, Angela Bassett certainly got her groove back. Oh, mm. 100%. I know that he cast... Patty in the most recent series of Pose. She plays uh, and she plays like this corporate, sorry, real estate tycoon that Blanca, the one of the lead characters, rents a shop off. And she she sort of gets screwed over by this woman. But Patty can't appear in anything with, without giving a classic Patty cabaret <laughs> show. And now the gift of song. I'm still here in E flat. Good times and bump times, I've seen them all, and my dear, I'm still here. Plush velvet sometimes, sometimes just pretzels and beer. <laughs> and she's really, she's really great. She's such a cabaret performer. I loved seeing that side of her on the show. She's I, so vaudevillian. Yeah, the way, even the way she interacts with audiences, and obviously that's scripted, but that's kind of very synonymous with a lot of the live stuff that I've heard of her her do. Even like mid song, she'll stop for a little she's, talk number. Yeah, have a little, and that's where that's where the person that she has playing along with her is so adept to her. Just like, all right, we're gonna cut it, and she'll she must have a signal because it never it never from every video that I see it never reaches the same point at any song yeah right. she always goes through different points and she's like okay wait and she's like vamp while I just do a little while I do my little talk spot here um I don't want to be rude I'd love to cut this podcast short and just finish it now just so I can watch the rest of that performance <laughs> because I'm obsessed but Lisa and I gay gasp so much <laughs> through the start it's of really that because it's one of those iconic songs that can only be sung by a woman of a certain age who has lived a certain life you think Elaine Street oh t- 100% Obviously, um, now you think Patty Lapone and her, yeah. But Babs, all of it, like you have to have really had to hustle in an industry for a significant amount of time. And I say that as somebody who is celebrating their 20th anniversary in drag. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, really looking forward to that Hall of Fame nomination, so I can. <laughs> 
stop everything immediately. Bumper, if you're listening, <laughs> give it to Millie again. <laughs> we will, of course, pop that entire clip up on the website as well. It is a really beautiful. She's she's quite good in the show. She's very sassy. She's very funny. And these such a stretch. Oh, it's <laughs> what range. Oh, oh my god. It's really great to see. I mean, both this and her role in Hollywood. It's really great to see her as an as a television actress, really making making her way. I mean, she's done a lot of guest spots in the past, but these are like proper like yeah. permanent roles in shows and that. I really think what's great. really lending herself to television at the moment is a she's a great actress. B she has gravitas and and a name behind her to bring people to the show, but also doing Broadway in itself, a, a full run of a show is a marathon. Physically, ex- like emotionally, everything taxing, exhausting, the whole lot. Where TV, you can come in, you can film for a few hours, and you might not be on set for another few days. So, and that's it. You do yeah, it. You, you do come it in, one you do your specific job. slot, and then it's done, it's finished, then it goes to post-production. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. And I think a lot of women of a certain age of that era that came up with doing eight shows a week are now yeah. lending themselves more to a more relaxed lifestyle yep. of just being like, okay, well, I'll go and film for five days because I know I don't have to work now for the next two years. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, the Lisa Mann story. I refuse to believe that Patty Lapone is just going to stop working. No, but she will those- die on set and I don't want to jinx that. But <laughs> <laughs> just the final words you hear, like, that's a series wrap on Patty Lapone. No, no, the last words you hear are, who do you think you are? Drop. <laughs> Time now, guys, to talk about the reason that we as gay men and why we as a queer community love our divas so much and why we love Patty Lapone so much. And I was like, why is Thank you, Mariah. Why are we so obsessed with you? We can really start it off in Patty Lapone's own words. Miss Lapone, I just want to say I saw you on a Vita when I was 16. I came out by intermission. Wow. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Sometimes I think I'm personally responsible for the West Village. <laughs> I genuinely think it might be the truth. That was actually um, just Max Muchnick's uh, coming out story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Uh, in 2017, an article that appeared on Playbill.com said that Patti Lapone is the very essence of a gay icon. She is powerful, ferociously so. She has great vulnerability, tsunamis of emotion that erupt within a scene or a song. She is capable of scintillating diva glamour and also stark humility. She is hilariously funny, combining a dry haughtiness with a world-class clown's unbridled commitment. She makes you feel she is your girl and she's a winner. I think gay men feel she's the popular girl starring in the high school musical, but she's still totally going to hang out with you at the cast party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so beautiful that Playbill, the theatre website, is giving yep. her that write-up in terms of what they think she is as a gay icon. Yeah. She's always, we, we talked earlier about her political stance. She's always been a staunch Democrat. She obviously hates Trump, but she's a big fan of Pete Buttigieg. Did I say it right? Button guts. Booty gig? Booty gig. Booty gig. <laughs> Button guts. Button guts, as you have as often called No, <laughs> no. As was first popularised by the incredible podcast Race Chaser. She tweeted in July 11, 2019, gays rule, Megan rules, Mayor Pete rules, old straight white men, not so much. <laughs> she was, of course, 
referring to Pete and his race for um, presidential campaign. Presidential campaign and US football player Megan Rapinow, who is an out lesbian. But um, here I was thinking Megan Hilty. I was like, oh <laughs> yes, Megan Mullally, yes, like, all the Megan. And again, just speaking to the Daily Beast in April, she said, "I want to see all cultures in my government because that's who we are. If it's got to be Joe Biden, then it's got to be Joe Biden." But I was a Pete fan. He was so damn smart and so cultured and young and gay and a veteran. He ticked all of the boxes for me. I want to see a young gay guy lead the government. I want to see lots of women, transgender people. I want to see diversity. I want to see Pakistanis, Indians, Palestinians, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans. I want to see the gamut of our society in the government. Yep, she's all about visibility. Inspiring. Absolutely. Yes. Let's walk in the walk. Give a voice to anyone. Give a voice to everyone. She wants to see Americans represent America. Yes, Not just institutionalised old white men. We're not just saying like old white men. Thank you. They need to remake that movie, No Country for Old Men. There's just no room for you now. But yeah. Also, because there's no country for old men. No. Old white men. Old Your white time is done. Uh, um, we say as three aging white men. Yeah, absolutely. No, please. Tell yourself. me my time's up. Oh. The Australian skin clicks are making sure that I am not an aging old man. Um, she spoke about her commitment to the LGBTQIA plus equality movement at the 2014 Human Rights Commission New York Gala. She had this to say at the beginning. My press agent, Philip Rinaldi, called me to tell me that the human rights campaign wanted to honor me. And I asked him two questions. Who dropped out? (laughs) And why me? I haven't done anything for the community except sing on gay cruises. It makes me wild that she thinks she's done nothing for the gay community except for singing on gay cruises. Well, that's more than Beyonce's done. She's still got the award, so... <laughs> but, well, Patti LaPone has been around for eons and eons and eons, and obviously they, eons, part of those eons are, you know, the 80s, and... You know, there might have been, you might have heard about it. There's a little bit of an epidemic that sweeps through the, the world, uh, the HIV AIDS crisis. And she, despite losing friend after friend after friend, generations of creatives were wiped out by this disease. Mm. And while she was going through all this tremendous loss and heartache, she still went on stage and she still delivered and she absolutely personified what it is to be a diva, what it is to be a gay icon, because icons specifically gay icons or queer icons need to have experienced a, a torment. There's, there's there's always a trauma involved. So when people say Taylor Swift, I'm like, bitch, you you broke up. With, <laughs> you haven't struggled. You, you, you broke up with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's not quite We've the same. We've all sucked off straight men. You don't need yeah, to just that's calm down. It. Yeah. But she was there. She was in the heart of it. In like New York, the one of the epicenters of this crisis and losing friends on a daily basis mm. and still getting on stage and having to fight through the heartbreak, fight through the, the torment, fight through everything and, and still be Patty fucking Lapone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah That's we, why I'm obsessed. I'm like, God, I couldn't even imagine what it would be to be in New York on Broadway during that time. Yeah. It's this really interesting point that we're starting to have this sort of broader discussion about what constitutes a diva. And, there, you know, there is this part of it where we really connect with someone that has gone through a hardship, that has struggled struggled with us, been in the trenches with us, and she certainly fits that bill. And they've lost Absolutely. the people alongside yeah. us that we have as well. They understand the, the immense pain and suffering that our community has faced 
as a marginalised yeah. community, as an ally of that Yeah, community. before even ally was a word. She, like, she was, was an ally. She was an ally. Like, she was just, she didn't give a shit that we were gay. We were just that sassy bitch that she did her hair or her makeup or made her costumes and or she says in taught this, her to dance or all that kind of stuff. During this Ally for Equality Award that she received through the Human Rights Campaign, she spoke about this. The Human Rights Campaign understands this, and that's why I'm honoured. I'm touched by this honor because you honor and fight for so many people I have loved. And in the names of the people I've lost, we've lost, I thank you for fighting the fight for the ones I love now who are living and loving. I thank you for fighting for everyone's chance and choice and human right to say I do. The human right to live and love completely. Amen. It's really beautiful because she talks about those people that she's lost and the people that were a part of her life. Oh. And, and she talks about the reference that she has for those friends that she has lost and the, the fact that the human rights campaign is doing, is doing the, like the most amount of work to, to better people's futures. And it, like it's the human rights campaign uh, organization. Oh God, they were having the discussions that nobody wanted to fucking have mm. when they absolutely needed to be had. I, oh. They're good people there, They're good people. The HRC. <laughs> they, they described her in 2014 when they gave her this award. As a singer and an actress, Patti Lapone has publicly supported LGBT plus equality for many years. And, yeah, just a true testament to walking walk the walk. Walking the walk and talking the talk, and that's what it's about. And I think in this particular instance of our show – that's what we're celebrating. These these yeah. people that are that are showing up and showing out. She also in that same speech called for marriage equality, and it was the year before marriage equality became law Absolutely. in the US. Did Patty Lapone single handedly make marriage equality happen? Yes, maybe. I believe. It. I'm not I, here to say it's not. If anyone can do it, I'm not going to argue with you on the podcast, Robert. Oh, at we least least not the fifth, <laughs> at, least, at least not for the fifth time tonight, but. Yeah, probably. I wanted to wrap up why we're so obsessed with you with this cute little gaygasm, as I'm calling them now, of of, <laughs> of, of Alyssa Edwards. This is, again, oh, this is great. Again, again, watch what happens live. Again with Andy, Andy on the Andy Cohen yeah. thing. This is this is quite recent. This is April this year. Uh, Alyssa Edwards firing off a, a video question to Miss Patty Lapone. Shady question from the shady lady who lunches. Okay, Miss Patty, are you ready to get shady? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was convincing in the yeah, kitchen. I, don't think I like she... that. Here we go. Well, Patty, <laughs> on a scale from one to ten, how shocked were you that cats bombed the box office? And will you ever watch it? I will never watch it. I just saw the revival of it and walked out after the first act. I saw it originally in London I... and hated it. And so I'm not surprised that it bombed um, on screen. <laughs> Classic. moving on. Yeah. I love it. Just a classic. Give her the Emmy for that. Like, <laughs> just a classic bit of Patty Lapone just really digging the boot in. I've Absolutely. seen it. I've Andrew seen Lloyd it before. Webber. I hate it. Yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber. But garbage. Move on. Ba, 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 even, ba. Even, even Alyssa Edwards had the big eyes and the oh, yeah. like, she was like oh oh. She I, knows what she's booked for on these things, don't you? One hundred percent. I think a major contributing factor to her success is that it's not a brand. It's she's just authentic. She doesn't know how to be anything other than who she is, and it's why. She's so consistent because she just wakes up like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's very that you wake up like this, you say what you need to say, yeah. and you move on with she's your like, life. Oh, I'm going to give them this soundbite. She truly believes she's just as surprised by the things that come out of her mouth as we are because 
But also hers are all of hers are all lived experiences and she's just like, these are the facts, here's what I have. I'm 71. <laughs> Deal with it how you will. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank I you. love Goodbye. it. Hey guys, that is almost about all the time we have for this episode of Divas on Divas. Stop. I've had such a time. <laughs> it's been a for <laughs> I want to say a massive thank you to our guest, our very first guest, Diva Lisa Man. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your Patty Lapone experiences. You're welcome. Where thank did I send the invoice? Uh, um, <laughs> you know those mimosas and the fried chicken that we've got here? Yeah. That's my payment. That's your payment. You know what? It's more than I've got for some of my gigs, so this is okay. <laughs> I love a platter of hot suggestions and rosé. And I, and I love being referred to as a charity gig. <laughs> God. Of course, we love it when you follow us on our social medias. Yes, you can find us on Instagram at Divas on Divas and on our Facebook at Divas on Divas. You can also hit us up on our website at divasondivas.com. Hey, Lisa, have you got some social media or ways that people can follow what you're going to be doing? Yes. You can follow me on Instagram at, at the Lisa Man because apparently there's more than one of us. <laughs> They could Said, not. No, whatever. No. They could never be. No. But I'm at the Lisa Man, or just on Facebook as Lisa Man. Amazing stuff. We're going to take you out like we do every week with a moment from the Diva Vault. What have we got for people today, Tequila? This is one of my favourites. This is this is Patty Lapone at the Tony Awards singing Buenos Aires from Evita. You have to watch it though <laughs> with the with the subtitles, quote with unquote the, subtitles, quote unquote <laughs> subtitles that we're going to pop up that video on our website. Go and watch it. Look, I don't know. I don't know if she's drunk or I don't know what was happening, but I thought she was just having a really good time. Her diction is all over the place. She stops pronouncing words and just merges them all into one. Have a listen to this. Have a watch of it on the website. And until next time, don't forget, she never ever called me. What's new? Oh, did I mention Glenn Close never, ever called me?